And uh, Melissa's gonna start with the intro and we'll jump right on in. Hi, and welcome to On and Off, our podcast covering the on-premise and off-premise beverage alcohol industry. I'm Melissa Dowling, editor of Cheers. And I'm Kyle Swartz, editor of Beverage Dynamics Magazine. Today, we're going to be talking with Bridget Albert and Julie Milroy of Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits, the largest beverage alcohol distributor in America. Our topic is women in the beverage alcohol business. That's right. And who better to discuss this topic than our guests? Bridget is the Wine and Spirits National Director of Education for Beam Suntory at Southern Glazers, while Julie is the company's VP on-premise for Beam Suntory. And both of them were featured in the Women in Beverage Supplement that we are, is currently running in our fall uh, magazines, Cheers, Beverage Dynamics, and Stateways, I believe. So be sure to check that out. And thanks so much to both of you for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here and an honor as well. Thank you so much. And you know, right off the jump, I want to ask you, what advice do you both have for women looking to excel like you both in the industry? I'll go ahead and start. I think the advice I have is, um, you know, work hard, but make sure everybody knows the work that you're doing. Um, sometimes we tend to be behind the scenes and, and accomplish so much and work really hard, but, you know, we, we just sit back and hope people will notice. Um, they do notice, but you really have to speak up and you have to share your successes regularly and often. And I'd love to add to that, you know, and also don't be afraid to ask the hard questions to your leadership. Don't be afraid to raise your hand and ask for that seat at the table or for that promotion or for that next gig that you really, really desire to have, but may think like, I'm not too sure, you know, never be afraid, really dig in to your inner self. And as Julie always says, you know, just be bold. What is the worst that can happen by just asking the question? <laughs> so what are some of the ways that uh, Southern Glazers or Beam, Beam Suntory has promoted the inclusion and success of women? Well, you know, we, we support Beam Suntory as a supplier partner, and, and I think that they definitely value kind of leading the charge and diversity inclusion. Um, for example, my counterpart at Beam Suntory, Rachel Harris, is in a senior leadership position, and she leads the entire on-premise channel. So that's really great to see that, that my counterpart, you know, for the first time in many years, uh, is uh, a woman as well in a senior leadership role. At Southern, we've really been working on this, you know, since I joined the company 12 years ago, and it's been pro progressive each year. Um, but definitely over the last 10 years with Jennifer Chaplin coming on board, who's um, part of ownership, woman leader herself, really driving some um, very incredible uh, programs to further empower women in, lead, uh, in leadership, such as you know, the Columbia Women in Leadership Program. We partner with uh, WSW. W, um, WSWA with their Women Leadership Council. 
Um, and we've made a lot of changes in the past few years in promoting women into executive roles, VP, senior VP. Um, so that always helps, right? Once the once the people at the table start looking um, different, they can advocate um, for others as well. You know, you're talking about some of the other leaders in the industry. Are there any um, mentors that you wanted to bring up that really helped you along the way? And the second part of this question is, how important is mentorship? I would love to tackle that one. So I've had many mentors. I'm so lucky, so blessed, really, truly to have mentors that have stuck with me throughout my entire uh, career in life. You know, um, someone that I'd love to give a shout out to is my dad. My dad was a tremendous business man and really uh, broke a lot of ceilings himself as someone who did not go to college during a time where it was really tough to even break through um, the industry that he was in as a, as a man, unless you had that degree behind you. And he wound up in the long run running a company. Um, so he has a terrific story himself and he's been able to keep me on track throughout the years. Now, to be very specific to the beverage industry, I had the honor and the pleasure and just lit me up inside, let's say fireworks went off and all the amazing ways when I met Tony Abaganum at the Bellagio in 1998. I'm dating myself, ill. And when I <laughs> met him, I was like, I want to be you. And I followed him around the casino and handed him menus that I would find around Vegas, like that I thought were super cool. And he probably thought was like so lame, but he saw my energy and my positivity. And he took me under his wing and totally put me through like the Mr. Miyagi school school of thought. I've cut that man's limes more than I care to mention, took out the trash, <laughs> pulled mint, you name it, like all the unfun stuff. I'm like, when do I get to speak? When do I get to do this? He's like, once you learn all the basic stuff, you know, but uh, Tony has been my mentor. Now I wanted to say we're going on like 23 years. It's a long time. He's consistently been my mentor, the same man that I can, you know, call when I have questions, I talk to him often. And then also my co-author for Market Fresh Mixology. We're releasing our next book in the next few weeks here called Market Fresh Mixology uh, celebrates life, love, happiness, and cocktails. And Miss Mary Barranco, who is a veteran in this industry, and I've learned so much from her just, you know, on that female one-on-one -on -one level and learned about her struggles and what to do next. And something that I have to, you know, just mention to the listeners here is if you are looking for a mentor, find someone who have, who's really has been in the industry much longer than you, and it has made all the mistakes you know, if they come off as being so perfect, that's not the person you want to talk to because guess what? We're not perfect. And if you've made the mistakes and you have those learnings in your pocket that you can then, you know, teach. And I think that that's what makes um, a great mentor. Somebody who can say, you know, I went through this and I wish I would have done that. And then the future, I did that and look at the success that I had. Yeah, I think that's interesting about Tony because I believe one of his mentors was is Dale DeGroff and, you know, listening to him kind of watching Dale at the rainbow room, like, you know, what's he doing? So it's funny how it just keeps going on and on. Um, how about you, Julie? Yeah. So, you know, I've had so many mentors come into my life and I, I think I value just as much the mentees um, that have come in and out of my life. I mean, if we go back to just 
you know, building my character, my foundation, definitely my mom. I mean, I look up to her so much. She's just the strongest woman, you know, raised a single mom, two kids, never felt like I missed out on anything. And, um, you know, throughout the years between my friends, colleagues, um, I, I feel like everybody that I've maintained relationships with have become a mentor in one way or another. Um, my husband, who's my partner, has really taken the burden of coaching me and, and helping me through the worst times throughout my career and the best times. And, you know, I think it's really important to share that with somebody so that you're not alone, because sometimes it does feel like you are. Um, but I take the approach that everybody that I'm around, whether they're looking to me for guidance or me looking to them, there's always something to learn. And the more people you can reach out to and be curious and talk to, the more it's going to help you along the way. You mentioned mentees. Is there anything in particular you, you look to pass on when you have a, an apprentice yourself? Yes, I'm currently working with um, multiple mentees, um, not just in this country, but I have um, one that's abroad as well. And something that I want to pass on is that self-confidence and it's okay to fail. It needs to be okay to be like, crap, this didn't turn out the way that I wanted it to, but you know, you took a shot and that helps to build your confidence and helps you to be better next time. And so like Julie just said, you know, Julie is also one of my mentors. I've learned so much about corporate America since I have met Julie and how to navigate it being on the trade side for so long that I, you know, I just adore Julie. She's so smart. She's probably one of the smartest people that I know for sure, but I'm happy to be one of her mentees, you know, and mentor goes both ways. <laughs> She's like my sister at this point. So Bridget's taught me definitely the trade world because sometimes you can't get caught up, you know, in the office and, and the corporate politics. And, and that has been a huge part of my career um, since kind of working with the sommeliers and, and being a lot more trade focused. Um, and that's another one that I would consider my mentors, all the sommeliers that I worked with in the beginning of my career. They really taught me so much about this industry. Um, but as far as mentees, I feel like lately, most of my mentees, it's really the focus has been their next step in their career. And I've kind of been like the go-to, like, okay, I'm, you know, I, I want to do something else. Oh, call Julie, call Julie, you know, because I've taken a lot of risks in my career and I've, I haven't gone uh, the traditional the traditional route of like the next job and the next job. And I've taken a lot of risks. And I think a lot of my leadership recognize that. So they really, uh, you know, went. Um, somebody is looking for that change, um, especially women, they call me and, and I love helping them really think outside of the box and not think about this is the job I should have more of what job they feel that they can add the most value to and that they can get the most out of. So I always say, what is your lifestyle? What, what are the things that make you happy where you add the most value? And then let's find the job to fit it versus finding the job and figuring out how you're going to fit that job just because of the title or, or the position that it is. So speaking of the on trade, I mean, we can't really talk about women in beverage without discussing, you know, the, the sexism that has just been rampant forever. And I think improving, but, you know, <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, Kyle, correct me if I'm wrong, but it doesn't seem to be as much of a thing in the 
off-premise because a lot of the people we deal with actually own the store, manage it. Um, but the on-premise just seem it traditionally has just been kind of licensed to harass women. And maybe behind the bar, you have a little bit more um, power, but just, you know, all the stories coming out now about what the, the female sommeliers have had to deal with and, um, and waitresses, just it, it's, it's taken so long. I, I feel like it's starting to change, but um, do you guys feel that way? Or what are you seeing and in, in hearing in the trade about that? Anyone? <laughs> yes. So I was looking at her and I'm like, do you want to start? I'll start. Um, absolutely. And I think the difference, you know, I'm, I'm glad you bring that up because, you know, when I think about on and off, I would, my immediate thought is, well, because an off-premise, pretty much all men, you know, there's not a lot of women in, in, in the off-premise channel. I was, you know, I've been kind of pondering that, like maybe, you know, that's something for me in the future is to really get into the off-premise because I've always been on. Um, but digging a little bit deeper, you know, I think your point of being behind the bar or when you're drinking, right? I mean, off-premise is kind of like a day thing. It's, you know, it's retail, it's CPG, whereas on-premise involves being in an atmosphere where people are consuming and out consuming alcohol. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't know how to behave once they've had some alcohol. And, and I'm guilty of it as well. Um, but it does need a change. And it's been too long that women have been normalizing and um, finding certain levels of harassment as acceptable. And, and, you know, as long as it didn't cross a, a certain threshold, it's fine. They said this, they, they did this, but it wasn't as bad. We have to have a zero tolerance. And I think in the recent years with Me Too and, and just the social justice uprising this last year, that if we don't speak up and we don't um, make it unacceptable, we'll be complicit in what, what's happening. So my approach now is I make a big deal when it happens. And unfortunately, I, I just went on a couple business trips in the last couple of weeks and I had something like that happen. And I was just shocked, you know, and, and I don't know if it's because I've been hiding in corporate America for the last 10 years and everybody knows how to behave, but, um, you know, a couple of the comments and actions, I, I felt like, wow, maybe things haven't really changed. So I I'm just like chomping at the bit over here on this question. <laughs> I think it's such a good question. So just to take it back, like many years ago, right? This issue is not new. When my mother was pregnant with me, she worked at a, a very um, famous laboratory that I will not mention because it's owned by the government. But um, <laughs> she was essentially told when she was pregnant with me that um, if you have, you know, when you have this baby, you're fired. And so my mom and the women in the office, and they wanted to throw her this big baby shower, right? And like goodbye party. And she basically told them like, you know, um, told them, screw you, we're going to go burn our bras. And it was their way of being rebel rebellious against um, the system. That system um, runs deep, not I'm saying just not in the beverage world, but across the board. As females, um, we have to stand together. There's no room for mean girls. There's no room for bullying. Um, I have zero tolerance for that. You, we have to support one another because um, it isn't fair yet. People are still being harassed. Julie was just harassed a week ago um, at a very visible event. 
So, you know, it's very relevant. Why does it happen? Because I think that it's been ingrained in our society. I think that it's been um, just normalized, as Julie said, you know, hey, you're working at a bar. Hey, you're a server. You're a bartender. It's just kind of, it's just expected to happen by your manager or by the guest. So therefore it is okay, but it's not okay. And it is because of the social uprising. It is, you know, what happened um, last year through Black Lives Matter, through George Floyd, that really empowered the rest of us to take our stand and to say no more. And when Julie says like, it's time to get loud when stuff happens, even though it's so scary, because sometimes it might be uh, your leadership. It could be somebody who's you look up to, right? But it's that time to be loud. It's that time to dig your heels in. It's that time to support maybe somebody who told you something that happened and say, you have an ally in me, sister, whatever you need. I'm here, right? I'm here for you. And I'll stand with you because if we don't do that, this isn't going to change. And I have to tell you, I have a daughter and um, I don't want to have to burn my bra. You know, (laughs) I don't want to have to go back all those, you know, years ago. I don't, she's going to be turning 18 and leaving the nest next year for college. And it's like, I want to make sure that as a female, as a mother, as a sister, um, to so many, to both male and to female that, Hey, we have got to stand together and enough of this BS enough. It has to end. And if we don't end it ourselves, when it happens, it won't. Yeah. Excellent answers. Absolutely. I definitely see the younger generation being empowered or just not tolerating that, that kind of thing. Cause I was on a press trip, you know, probably one of the last ones I did before COVID and, um, you know, the brand ambassadors, you know, his job is to get people, you know, having a good time and, and laughing. And um, there was a girl, I'm guessing she was in her uh, early 20s, but he told her to smile. And she's like, I don't have to smile for you. <laughs> but, you know, I'm so used to hearing things like that now, from strangers on a bus or something. People feel very free to tell, you know, women to smile. Oh, you'd be prettier if you, if you smile. But it was so funny. She's just like, I'm not here to make you smile. And uh, it really kind of struck me. So, you know, I, I think things, it, things are changing because they have to, you know, just with the, it, you know, social um, developments that you mentioned. But what, what do you think the future looks like in, in, ter- in the beverage alcohol industry in terms of, you know, inclusion and diversity? I think, you know, I, I always want to be a very optimistic person. So for me, the future always looks bright. You know, if every day we can improve and, um, and move that needle, we're progressing. Um, I do feel that as more and more women um, get into leadership roles and continue to support each other, um, the quicker we'll see the change. I know that in my 12 years of of being at Southern, there's been drastic change. And and I have hope that it'll continue on. Um, I I also see organizations like Chief, which is a private membership organization for executive women um, that is just thriving. And I recently joined and it's incredible how many women that are in these senior executive roles are reaching out and saying, how can I help you? What do you need? 
do you want to have a coffee, sharing experience. And I think that that is so important because what I've even known as I progress in my career, it starts, there's less women around, right? Like when I was in sales, we were like an all woman team, just killing it. And as we start moving up in our different segments of the organization, we become the only woman in the room, the only person of color in the room. And it's become so normal that you tend to like, oh, I'm not going to rock the boat, I'll go with the group. And um, so I see that changing as you have more people that are similar to you, you it, it builds that power. And um, I, I really see that happening. So I have a lot of hope uh, going forward, not just in the, the wine and beverage industry, but you know, for women in executive leadership positions altogether around the country and the world. The future's bright. That's all I have to say. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's bright. You know why? Because we're all doing the work. We're here on your amazing podcast. You know, we're here talking about it. Um, 10 years ago, maybe even five years ago, we wouldn't have been doing that. So this is the future is bright because we're doing the work. And we're doing it together. And I think that it's amazing time to be alive. And it's an amazing time to be in the beverage industry. Absolutely. And, you know, one last question before we let you both go. Julie, you mentioned Chief. I didn't want to uh, leave without bringing up any other organizations you felt like were worth bringing up uh, that uh, women can reach out to for help. 100%. And, and thank you for that. Um, Women of the Vine and Spirits, uh, that's founded by Deborah Brenner, is so wonderful. They've been a huge support for Bridget and I um, as we launched our podcast, um, Served Up, and as we continue to uh, share best practices. They have an incredible platform. I recommend anybody that's even interested, even if you're a consumer interested in this industry to go on and become a member. Um, there's also the WSWA because we are wholesalers and distributors. Um, really fantastic organization. I'm currently, um, I work with them on their Women Leadership Council and I'm you know part of that council mem- as a member. And I'm also part of the council for their diversity and talent organization. So there's so many, and I know New, which is a network executive um, woman group is a fantastic group as well. But I do recommend uh, that anybody that needs that support and um, needs that additional resources to find a group that, that fits you and your interests and join. Yeah, I'd just like to add just a couple more that's very specific to the bartender or, you know, restaurant owner, bar owner, and that would be the United States Bartenders Guild. Um, If you're not a member, what are you waiting for? Become a member today. They have amazing programs and amazing charitable arm, as well as get involved with Speed Rack. If you don't know what Speed Rack is, folks, you know, it is a bartending competition uh, focused specifically on females their speed um, and their technique of making cocktails and all the money goes to benefit uh, breast cancer awareness and to the survivors of families of um, lost uh, that have maybe lost someone. But on top of that, they also do terrific mentorship programs and they'll pair you up with a, a mentor or mentee programs. They're doing some beautiful work. So, you know, Google them and get involved. Also, you can uh, hear more from Julie and Bridget in the Women in Beverage um, supplement that we have. Um, we, we also have uh, talked to the founders of Speed Rack 
you know, Lynette and Ivy. So um, again, that's in the, our fall issues and the digital issue, it's kind of at, at the end, like a separate magazine. So it's kind of hard to find, but definitely check that out. And uh, we just want to thank Julie and Bridget for joining us today. This was a great discussion and um, there's a lot more to say. We'll have to, uh, <laughs> we'll have to do it again. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I just want to thank you, Melissa and Kyle, um, for reaching out to us and featuring us in Women in Beverage. I mean, that is like definitely a check as a career milestone. And we appreciate that so much. And the article is fantastic. I loved how you really talked about women that have contributed since the 1900s, right? This is nothing new of women taking bold leadership um, roles in the spirits industry. So I just thank you for bringing so much awareness to it. Um, I, I want to thank you, Kyle and Melissa, as well for the feature in your magazine, which I thought was just a, was just so beautiful, the platform itself, but it's also so authentic, the way that you um, put it out there. So thank you for giving us all a voice. Thank you for inspiring others and for having us on your on your podcast today. It is just it's been a dream working with you both. So thank you very much. Appreciate your 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 good work. Thank you so much for your kind words. And please do join us next time. We'll be talking about another fascinating topic that spans the retail and restaurant worlds. Until then, cheers. 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 <laughs>